You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, episode number 27. It's another excellent day. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, the one podcast that everyone agrees and says has the best fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle advice in the world. And now, your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Today I have a special guest. His name is Galen Lundin, and we are going to talk about habit-based coaching, the importance of creating a healthy lifestyle for the long term. For starters, he is someone who is passionate about health and wellness. He he went to high school and he loves sports. He achieved some success in football and lacrosse. He realized he was never going to be a professional athlete, though. At the same time, he loved being active, feeling. Feeling in shape and helping others. So after flirting with business and architecture, he switched his career to、uh, his major to kinesiology and exercise science. After graduating and completing his internship, he landed his dream job as a trainer. But something was wrong, and this is where I have Galen on the、uh, Galen on the line.、Uh, are you there? Yes, sir. Here I am. Awesome. Um, can you complete that story and tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and how you got started? Sure. So, upon entering the industry,、uh, I noticed there was a slight disconnect between the trainers, the fitness industry, and the people that we were trying to work with.、Uh, there's a sense of it's almost fitness elitism. We see these inspirational photos on Facebook, all these you know empty motivational things, and for some reason, we thought that that was going to help people get in shape. Which in reality just did the opposite. People felt discouraged because they didn't identify with the photos that we had or the message that we were trying to send. So not, I'm not the only one who's noticed this too. Other people on Instagram kind of realized that maybe this isn't the best approach to try to connect with people. Maybe we kind of have to meet them where they are halfway. And for the most average、uh, fitness enthusiast, they may not have a sports background, athletic background. So their genetic predisposition to getting in shape, like lots of trainers are, who are naturally gravitated towards the field. Isn't quite the same. So with this habit-based approach, we don't have this extreme end,、um, you know, diet plans, these meal plans, this clean eating, this, this hardcore mentality. Because most people, people have busy lives, they've got kids, relationships, stress, all these things they have to manage. So this approach doesn't apply to most people. So the beautiful thing about this habit-based approach is it allows the,、uh, the individual to become more of an intuitive eater, more of an intuitive exerciser. What that means is they have to get a little more in touch with their feelings, their emotions, and how they handle things in life in order to make these good decisions.、Uh, so, for example, I'll tell you about a client who I had who、uh, was overworked, not a lot of sleep, extremely stressed, overwhelmed, and she came to me because she wanted to lose weight and she wanted, you know, my nutrition coaching. So we kind of went back, you know, down the stream a little bit and figured out that giving her this nutrition advice wasn't even the first thing we needed to do. We had to just address. How can she sleep better? How can she manage her stress? How can she manage her overwhelm? And by dealing with that aspect alone, she immediately better just food decisions. She felt more productive at her job, and she overall felt better. So the thing is that the thing is not the thing. People want to look better. They want to feel better. But a lot of times, these end result goals, such as this diet plan, this workout plan, isn't what they need. What they need is something back further down the line that allows them to make these decisions and make them feel better along the way. So one of the biggest messages behind this habit-based personal approach is that the thing is not the thing; it's the feeling that we're looking for, and how can we get people to feel that way? Wow, wow, that's a mouthful, but so so powerful, I would say.、Um, 
more recently in my coaching career, uh, I've been uh, helping people uh, look at fitness in a, um, a way that you just explained it. And, and so it's, it's um, been impactful, I would say. Is that kind of how you experienced it in, in the way you uh, have seen it? Absolutely, because people don't really realize what they need to do. It's kind of this aha moment. So I think our job as a coach is not to provide answers for our clients, but rather guide them and lead them to exploration so they come up with answers themselves. Because all learning is associative. So if we just give people the answers all the time, they never make that learning connection. Just like in school, if, if you have a daughter or a son, you give them all the answers to his homework, he's never going to learn. So if our job as a coach is to ask these questions have the client think about them, and that way they can make the association, and that's where the you know learning actually occurs, and that's where the the mindfulness and the habit based uh, coach uh, coaching is so impactful because the client figures it out for themselves, and that allows them to become more empowered, more capable, and then ultimately more excited about the journey that they have ahead of them. Awesome, awesome. I'm I'm sure you have uh, many many examples, and we can get into that a little bit more, but. I'm hoping that you could let our audience learn a little bit more about who you are. And so this is a, a question I, I proposed to you earlier, which was, uh, what is one cool or unique fact about yourself? Let the audience know a little bit more about who you are. Uh, sure. A uh, big influence in my life has been music. I started playing guitar when I was in seventh grade. So I'm 28 now, so I was about 14. And so that's always been my creative outlet. I have all types of music. I'm listening to music all day long. Anything from like funk music to folk music to bluegrass to uh, whatever sounds good to me at the time, and uh, that has been a really big influence in my life. And at the same time, it's really important to have you know music in the gym. You're trying to create this energy, trying to create this tone, this atmosphere, and uh, you've got different clients coming in and out of the gym, different personalities. So it's always kind of fun to kind of meet meet the setting with the music and try and get people going that way. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm wondering, trying to picture how. Um... The, your setting will be if if clients get there. How how would you describe your your uh, setting? Okay, so the gym we work at Phenomenal Fitness in the South Loop. Um, it's a more of a boutique studio. We do personal training only. Um, we have I wouldn't say it's a hardcore gym because we train all sorts of different clients, but we have kettlebells, Vipers, TRX. So it's not a traditional health club setting. Um, we have a lot of different tools at our disposal, which can meet the needs of all of our clients. Uh, but sometimes you listen to hip-hop, you got salt and pepper going on sometimes, um, a lot of old-school kind of stuff going. Sometimes it's more, you know, today's hits. I much want to go listen to Justin Bieber, but it's a whole <laughs> different blend of music going on all the time. So uh, it's a really inviting atmosphere. People feel really comfortable, and it's a great community that we have over there. Awesome, awesome. Uh, like I said earlier, I want to dive into a little bit more and peel the onion back about uh, specifically what you do uh, and, and how you can help somebody specifically um you know point point in case uh, i get a lot of people personally who just want to lose weight get in shape mainly women uh 35 to 55 years old um walk me through sort of your process okay so for the personal training process people come to the gym and then we, we try and meet them up with a trainer who would suit them best in terms of just the schedule and overall personality because what people aren't looking for is personal training. What they're trying to buy is a trainer. They want to have someone who's going to relate to them, uh, someone they can communicate with, and someone who feels safe and comfortable for. So after we have this client with a trainer, then we kind of go through an assessment in which we see the client's needs, their wants, and from there we can build a program and create it for them. 
And we primarily have a semi-private environment. So for those people who don't know what that is, it's in which a personal trainer will probably train between three and five people per hour, but each person has their own individualized routine, meaning that it's not a group exercise class where everyone's doing the same thing. Their workouts are catered according to their needs and their wants. And so we've got people coming in usually two to three times a week working with the trainer. And then, like I said before, the goals are customized. So if it's, you know, a young guy in his late 20s who used to play sports, kind of fell off the wagon after college, drank too much beer, had too many nachos, and kind of wants to get back into that. And we've got certain trainers that work with that client versus, say, um, a premenopausal woman who's in a little bit later years. She wants to feel better again, kind of get the energy back up, metabolism going. Then we have a different workout design for that. So everything's extremely catered, and there's no real big cookie-cutter approach to anyone specifically. Okay. All right. Um, can you walk me through a, a client that, that you have seen recently, what you guys – uh, helped her out with. They don't need to use any names or anything, but in general? Sure. Um, I'm going to say I got several clients who are uh, postnatal, so they just had a baby and looking back into shape. And for, for this client, I've worked with her before she was pregnant, during when she was pregnant, and then now working after she's pregnant. So the biggest thing is kind of getting the body back into the shape it was before. Um, pregnancy can have some certain complications in terms of the abdominal wall, the pelvic floor, Things that can kind of uh, change through that process, and of course, if uh, the C-section or not, things like that will change. So, dealing with the pregnant population is someone I really, really work with because um, I've had great success with that. So, what we kind of do is regress back to where we kind of strengthen the abdominal walls, really make sure that things are moving the way they should be, and there's no complications as well as the pregnancy. And so, once that foundation is set again, then we can start going back into the routines we're working at with before. I love working with kettlebells with women because they feel uh, empowered. It's something they actually they seem to progress at faster than men do. I'm not sure exactly why it is, but since they kind of have that enthusiasm for kettlebell training, uh, that's a pretty big cornerstone for a lot of my female clients as well. So after a couple of months, things are moving better. She's looking better. She's stopping weight, and uh, it's, a, it's a great success story. Cool, cool. Um, I know that um, you're heavy into nutritional uh, mindset coaching. I think that's what you called it or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say Brian's mindset. I'll say brain said because there's two different things. But uh, sure, yeah, go okay. on. Could you go into that a little bit? Sure. So the idea is that on traditional thinking, that all it takes is willpower, and that if you want it bad enough, you'll do it, and you got to suck it up, and you know this type of hard ass approach really doesn't work for most people because people actually do want it. They do try, but there's something that's preventing them from doing what they know they should do, what they want to do, and if they do it, they're going to feel a lot better. And that's why it's a habit-based approach that readdresses these threats. So a threat is anything, say someone says they're stressed, anxious, soft, angry, um, social threats, so say, you know, connections at the work office, if you feel like you're not getting along with your colleagues, or, there's, you know, the whole work hierarchy is really affecting you as an individual, these are all threats that prevent you from accessing the part of the brain that allows you to think about the future, uh, have um, thoughts that allows you to want to be where you want to be. So think of it like this way. If there's a fire going on in a building, you're not going to teach a kid how to do math homework because that fire is the threat. Although it's kind of an extreme example, but anything that interferes with someone um, to access this part of the brain for this uh, this goal creation is not allow them to uh, succeed, create these habits, and move forward. So what we try to do with our clients is to simplify their life that allows them to get out of threat, 
or at least allow them to have an outlet. So mindfulness or meditation, simple things like even going for a walk or just kind of being aware of how they're feeling and what's causing this. So most of these people in America are so overworked, overstressed, that simply having them relax, calm down, reduces their cravings, reduces their anxiety, and therefore they're not going for the donuts or the cookies in order to make themselves feel better. We try to find ways to manage that effectively. So therefore, the food is not the issue. What the issue is are these other factors in their life that are influencing them to go to food to feel a certain way. Wow. That is so powerful. I'm going to uh, suggest my audience and listeners to go back and rewind uh, about a minute of that to, to hear that again. But um, how, how would you summarize in a few words exactly what people can do, what steps people can take to, to uh, start taking this, the, the, the correct path, if you will, t- towards changing their mindset or brain set, as you said. Okay. So I think it's important that you realize that every goal is search for a feeling. So if you want to take a woman who wants to feel better, for example, why is it important for her to feel that way? Is it because she's not happy in a relationship? Uh, is it because her mother-in-law uh, makes comments towards her? She makes her feel insecure about that weight? We're always trying to search for this feeling, and oftentimes that feeling is a sense of freedom and then happiness. So although fitness and nutrition is one way of getting there, we all have these, you know, these basic human needs to feel good about themselves, we want to feel happy, and we have the freedom to allow us to have these decisions and make these choices that make us feel free. Now, the issue with the diet plans like I talked about before is that they're so strict and so rigid that if you mess up your diet, the typical response is, screw it, I'm going to blow the rest of the day, I'll pick it back up tomorrow. So when we talk about using these, these tools instead of rules in a nutrition coaching approach, allows us to influence their diet in a way that we can still kind of fit in the general scheme but not be so controlling that it makes us feel even more stressed about eating in the first place. So what we try to do is, what is that feeling that you want and how can we help you get there? Because there's so, diff- so many different ways and it's so individualized that once you get to the root of that, everything else kind of just flows from there. Got it, got it. Um... So I see, and you probably have seen a lot of these people too, uh, people who crave sugar. Could, sure. you, could you address that for a second? Because that, that is a huge thing. Right. So I think it's important to realize that a lot of the behavior is learned and is wired together. So what I mean by that is if there is a certain action and a certain response, things get fired together, things get wired together. So when we're kids, we're younger, we fall and we hurt ourselves. What do we usually get? A treat, a popsicle for mom, makes us feel better. Even before that, even during pregnancy, there's a huge hormone chemical cocktail in the brain that allows this connection between mother and the baby, and then during breastfeeding, mother and the baby, these things get fired together and wired together. So what happens when we become adults? We're not going to have a mom give us a cookie anymore to make us feel better. So what do we do? We reach for the sugar because that's a learned, trained behavior throughout our entire life. Now, I'm not going to say that before that sugar is addicting is cocaine which is I think is kind of a is a ridiculous notion but there is a, a reward that's you know triggered behind that so which really is kind of a learned behavior how can we get ourselves to calm down how can we get ourselves to kind of relax get back to that you know that then state that we don't have to go for food because it's okay to have cravings and it's not something people should feel bad about but you have to understand that this is something that is under your control and become less impulsive and just kind of let that feeling pass, and which it usually does. So like everything else, it's a skill. It has to be practiced with intent, you know, and has to be done repeatedly for you to get better and better at that. So this is something that has to take time, and 
once you practice this repeatedly over and over again, you find yourself in situations like, okay, I'm going to be fine. If I don't have this cookie, then the world's not going to end. I'm just going to let this craving pass. And usually then 10 minutes it does. And then once you have that confidence in yourself that you don't have to give in to these impulses, dieting becomes, I wouldn't say dieting, but healthy eating becomes much better. Got it, got it. And I was listening to some other podcast the other day, and they were talking about how uh, habits um, – it's it's not just about willpower, for example, in, in terms of eating, right? The willpower not to eat that cookie. The willpower not to uh, drink that whatever. And, and so it's it's more about uh, a brain set reset, if you will, right? And, and being aware right. of what is um, going to be the healthiest option uh, for your long-term success. Would that be kind of a good right. summary? Right, right, because willpower is such a finite resource. It's not something you've got limited willpower because throughout the end of the day, you become tired and there's a decision fatigue that occurs. And if you rely on your willpower forever to make these good decisions, it simply is not going to work. Right. What you have to do is the habits are created by when information of importance is carried out repeatedly. And that can become, you know, this masterful healthy eater over one weekend. You have to have um, the attention, the intention, repetition for it to become a habit base part of your brain, which occurs in the basal ganglia, which is where habit rewriting temporary, you know, typically occurs. So there's an actual brain area that is an event that occurs for the these transformation and this habit-based approach. Right. But it has to be repeated over and over again. Just like riding your bike, you're not going to become you know, Lance Armstrong the first time. You're probably going to hit in a tree, you're going to fall over, but over time, become better and better and better at it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, really good stuff so far, Galen. Real good stuff. I'm just curious to know what resources could you recommend for people besides yourself just to take a look at what you're talking about? Okay. Uh, I worked under a mentor called Dax Noy. He's out in the UK and he's done, um, he's done work, you know, transformational coaching for the, for British royalty, for CEOs. So he's a really high end upper level coach and he's been researching this for 20 years. So he created this program that I've been following for a while now. So I'm under his wing and, taking his case studies and then his input on I will help my clients with as well. And nine times out of 10, he's spot on um, with his approach. So it's more of a neuroscientific approach to transformational coaching. It's not just based off of uh, this, this mindset approach, which only works temporarily. But once you have that, that brain event occurs where transformation occurs, then that's when you have that long-lasting transformation because transformation challenges, they're fine. They work for 30 days. Then what happens? You go right back to where in the first place. So we're trying to address this, this long-term um, approach that allows clients to live a happier, more fulfilling life. Awesome, awesome. So with with all that uh, brain set coaching and then all the fitness training that you provide, you're kind of a complete package, huh, Galen? <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's the plan, right? I mean, people, people want to look good. They want to feel good. They want to look, they want to be happy. They want to feel confident in themselves. So we, I'm trying to create this holistic approach, combining all of these things, and not just have it be purely physical purely mental because we are emotional, mental, spiritual, if you believe in that, physical beings. So I'm trying to encompass all that and how can we make an effective program to help people get to where they want to be ultimately. And I think that I'm on the right path based off our success so far. And uh, I'm really curious to see where it's going to go because it's, it's going to be great. Awesome, awesome. Um, already 20 minutes in and, and uh, we got a few more minutes. I got just a few few other questions for you. Um, sure. To summarize, or actually, I was just curious to know, uh, you kind of mentioned some some clients that would be good for you, but who could you, uh, who would be good clients for you? Can you describe that person? 
Sure. Um, I really connect with women between late 20s to 45 who maybe 5 or 10 pounds they want to lose. Uh, they enjoy kind of more of a stimulating workout, put it that way. They like to kind of get down dirty, do some kettlebells, do some sledgehammer stuff, do some workouts outside. Um, I deal with all types of populations, but I feel like I resonate best with that group, and I feel they resonate best with me too. So we take everyone from the bottom-up approach. We lay the foundation. We work on their movement skills, structural integrity, so proper joint alignment, strength, and then we progress them from there. Um, but my main demographic, like I said, uh, late 20s to 45, want to look better, feel better, um, gain the confidence back they may have had before and don't have it. Um, but they realize that through strength training, uh, not only do they have these physical changes, but just their mental attitude uh, clearly gets developed too. They have that confidence back that they once had when they were younger. So that's the main demographic that I work with. Awesome, awesome. And then um, in a few words again, how, how would you overall summarize your philosophy about health and wellness? Health and wellness, overall philosophy. Um, I think that, very simply put, that everyone has got tremendous potential and they just don't know it yet. And therefore, it's my job as a coach to help clients see that, that they are capable of much more than they believe they are or are not quite performing at the level that they know they should and can be. So what I try to do is to say that, you know, you are capable of doing this and that you do have it in you. So trying to unleash their potential and allow self-actualization to occur in these people. And once that happens, I mean, the transformations are ridiculous. But they just have to feel confident in themselves in order to do so. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then do you have three fitness tips for health and wellness? Your top three. And maybe we'll give you one more, but top three. Top three? Yes. You have to start somewhere. Um, a lot of times walking in gym for the first time or just getting started in anything is the hardest part. You're kind of you're starting up this big hill. And before the habits are created, you just have to start. And then once you start, the ball gets rolling. You know, just like that big snowball rolling down the hill, it picks up steam, it takes a little momentum, the habits are created, you feel better. So what you try to do is create that positive feedback loop. So what I mean by that is once you start seeing the results of your efforts, that's when things start to get better. But if you're not um, consistent in your approach and you don't see the results of your efforts, typically the thought is, this isn't working for me. I can't do this, you know, it's my parents' fault, it's whatever it is, that if you don't see the rewards of your efforts, you're never going to succeed, but only if you see these rewards, you have to be consistent over a period of time. And so what that means is just try it and then stick with it for at least one to two, three months. And um, if you still need help from there, then I suggest talking to someone who can help you. Uh, but you have to have that initial push and initial start in order to get to where you want to be. So that's probably the most important one because without consistency, uh, any small intermittent bout of hard effort really doesn't match up. And everyone in this game knows that. It's a, it's a long-term effort. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And uh, let's see, a second tip for health and wellness. Let's see. Uh, don't put the little things. I think a lot of times people put too much emphasis on things that are, you know, the shiny object syndrome. I need this diet pill. I need to do this to change the way things are. And the sentence is based off, you know, primarily these big rocks. It's going to be movement. Uh, proper sleep, proper nutrition, um, proper stress management. Focus on those things before you get too carried away with the supplements, the special routines, the I need this, I need this. So just keep it as simple as possible. Simplicity is going to be the easiest approach to having these, these long-term changes. And a lot of times, you know, the fitness industry feeds off of these, these things that people must have because this is the answer for them. And uh, it's really not. It comes down to very few 
big important things that's going to be the bulk of your success. All right, so third fitness tip. Let's see. Um, listen to your body. I think it's a really important one, um, especially for people who are just beginning to work out that just because you kill yourself and you thrash yourself in the gym doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have like a good workout. There's going to be a good response. I believe in a more minimal effective dose over a period of time. And I think it's been kind of drilled in people's brains that you got, if you're got to be hardcore, you got to not be able to move the next day. You got to be in pain. And that's just not simple to you. All you need is just minimal effective dose to allow you to change over a period of time. And now we're going to save your joints. You're going to, you're going to feel better because you're not going to be so trashed after the gym. And, um, it's just going to be a more comfortable way of getting there, which is ultimately the most important thing, too. So that's probably my three biggest tips right there. Very good. Very good. Uh, I really like the one, just start. I think that's so key, right? I mean, if we're not right. doing anything, how do we expect any changes? Right, and it's true. I mean, that's the hardest part, though, too, because people love to gather information. They love to have this big procrastination is simply a lack of clarity in your outcome or lack of confidence in yourself. So it's not that you need more information. It's not that you need more solutions. You just need to begin and there are solutions in this, what you're looking for will be presented to you through this process. So it's the hardest part, but ultimately you're not, you can't get in shape. You can't eat better if you don't start to work out, if you start to eat better. Yeah. You know, I, I have really to... simple, but that's it. Yeah. No, well, I have to say that, uh, um, you know, there's so much confusion out there, and I can get why a lot of people are paralyzed. <laughs> right. To take Absolutely. action. Absolutely. So. Yeah, a lot good. of it's marketing too, though. I mean, everyone's trying to differentiate themselves behind this this fancy new thing, this new thing, but it really comes down to the same principles that have been there forever, and those will never change. Those will never change. Great, 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 great. Uh, listen to your body. I, I I like that one as well. I think people forget that. Uh, Going hard all the time is is burning yourself out, and uh, we all need that relaxation, definitely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, just the last few things here. How do people get a hold of you, Galen? And do you have any last suggestions or advice for our listeners? Okay. Uh, I can be reached at Galen at PhenomenalFitness.com or Galen at RapidTransformationTraining.com. Um, I'm a staff trainer at Phenomenal Fitness for the in-house a personal training occurs, and then rapid transformation is my online coaching program. And you can reach me there, or you can just simply call my cell phone. I've got no problem uh, answering for anybody. And that number is 312-451-9190. And, uh, yeah, I guess the last last piece of advice I would give is don't be so hard on yourself because everyone's got stuff that they're going through, and life can be a struggle. Uh, but at the same time, you, you can't constantly compare yourself to people you see on Facebook or Instagram and think that, that's what it should be because only people post their highlights and what, you know, the happiest moments of their life are on there. So give yourself a break. You can figure it out too. And it's really not going to be all that bad. Awesome. Awesome. Galen, very good stuff. Um, again, if, if all my listeners could just go back and rewind this again and, and listen to this, uh, interview, I think you guys will get a lot out of it. Uh, we're going to post a lot of the information that, Galen shared with us the resources, uh, his contact information in the show notes. So uh, look out for that. Galen, it was great speaking with you, learning more about what you do and how you can help others live healthier lifestyles. So thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. And I hope that uh, some people take some good stuff from this. Absolutely. Take it easy and talk to you soon. Right, take care, Eric. 
Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living life is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.